welcome. You've got mail. Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of TechStream. My name is Seth Everett. He is the CEO of the Palma Group and the Professor in Practice at Syracuse University, my alma mater. Shelly Palmer. Actually, I am the Shelley. professor. Uh, I am actually the professor of advanced media in residence. Well, I'm keeping my intro because it was kind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, take the compliments, but take the wins when you can get them. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see on social media, Tom Cruise doing ridiculous things on the internet? Like he was jumping out of buildings and he was doing all these goofy things. And then it, you found out it wasn't Tom Cruise and TikTok is spreading this thing that it's, it's a fake Tom Cruise and fake Tom Cruise does all kinds of things on TikTok. Is this the rave? Is this all the, the, the rave? Well, look, you know, it, it's maybe better than getting Rickrolled. I don't know. I guess. It might be slightly better than getting Rickrolled. Um, look, deep fakes are a thing, and they've been a thing, and they're getting better and better and better every single day. Um, the Tom Cruise deep fakes are very good. There's a, there's a model out there that, that is pretty much his size and build and does a pretty decent impression impersonation and so i know i was the runner-up for that just so you know you i uh, clearly and what's interesting is that the consumer grade deep fake tools and face swap tools are much kinder in their output to the good inputs that are approximations oh, yeah. you know if, if if i try to look like shaquille o'neal it's not gonna it's gonna work a little too hard to try and you know make right. that happen but if you get someone who looks uh an aged john belushi <laughs> it would be okay. flat out you went, boom, you went there. it works <laughs> so you know the, the the but the consumer grade apps are extremely good right now and they're getting better and it's not going to take long the one the app most people don't know about because you need a chinese phone number to make it happen is zao um, you can get it on both the android and ios platforms but it you need a chinese phone number to activate it's a chinese app but if you look at oh, Facebook, but who's listening to this that doesn't have that I don't know, but face app is, is kind of amazing. Reface is a consumer grade version of it. There's a, there's a website. It's not an app. It's a web website called deep fakes web. That's self-explanatory when you go there. So the technology is insanely good. Insane. Is there a copyright? You know, we talk all about NFTs, right? And yeah. we talk about images being protected. So if I want to do this and I want to look like Christopher Reeve, it do doesn't someone have a license to his image? So this Am is I a, breaking a rule if I do that? No. So this is a really interesting application of deepfakes technology. Uh, when you think about it, photorealistic artwork has been around for a while. We're at a point where let's play pretend. Let's let's go out some time segment that's less than three years, but more than a week. I don't know the time segment. And let's pretend that I've got a really good audio synthesis tool set that is text to speech or text to speech with some manipulation. And I could, I can nail Morgan Freeman. I mean, nail it. More importantly, I could analyze Orson Welles, that amazing voice of his, and just boom, it's indistinguishable. And it is not unimaginable that that technology is within an extremely short period of time. I'm not talking about doing it now. You can do it now. I'm talking about doing it like by typing 
you know, a, a, a paragraph of prose and, and putting it into oh, it to the be. system or crazier asking uh, like something like GPT-3 or soon to be GPT-4 to write in the style of Orson Welles, my idea, and then have it spoken in Orson Welles' actual voice. Wow. Now take that one step further and say, well, I've taken 500 pictures of Orson Welles. I've taken all the movie footage of Orson Welles and I've trained a model to rebuild me Orson Welles, who has been passed on for quite some time. I've rebuilt this actor. I've rebuilt his mannerisms. I've rebuilt his voice and his likeness. What are the rights of his estate? It's an interesting question. Now, what well, about... Because you, as you're saying it, I'm thinking about Carrie Fisher. I'm thinking about uh, Peter Cushing when he played Moff Tarkin. May he rest in peace. Let's take it a step further. So that's just for fun. Just for fun. I am Will Smith today. What I'd like to do a part that calls for me to be 25 years younger than I am today. Sure. That's inside the capability set of these tools. Um, we, right. Robert we Downey are, Jr. did it in the Avengers. That's right. And now we have, but again, in a multi-million dollar blockbuster, that's one thing in your smartphone is something else. That's, but that's the crazy part about yes. it. Yes. And so we're getting to a point where to stay on the rights package for a moment, an actor or actress could could really extend their capability set. And then could I license um, James Earl Jones, his AI? You know, he was, this is CNN. It's like, oh my goodness, it's the voice of Darth Vader doing the, this is CNN. He's right. amazing. I, could I get him to, you know, do my answering, uh, you know, the voice on, on my, uh, my yeah. voicemail? It's like... Um, Hi, you've reached Shelley Palmer's voicemail. And, you know, and I am his father. It's like, oh, great, awesome. You know, I mean, right. could, could, could you let, and the answer is you probably could and should. The, the, the copyright laws are going to need to catch up with, with the technology, but we are minutes uh, in, in galactic time. We are minutes away from being able to, to take that kind of, liberty, if you will. But also think about the magnificence of that for a moment. There are very few, in fact, there are no high fidelity recordings of Enrico Caruso, who was supposed to be the greatest tenor of his generation. Right. And some people who were, when years ago, when I got in the music business, there were people alive who had heard him in person, who were in the top of their field in the music profession and were greatly influenced uh, by some of his recordings and, and remembered as children seeing him in person because they weren't obviously, I mean, they were old at that point. This goes back now 40 years. So could you imagine training a model to sing that way now? Like what we could preserve from that capability set? Um, there are, OpenAI has tools that will perform music uh, original compositions written by the AI uh, system in in the style of Haydn or Chopin, and they do a pretty good job because those styles are, in many ways, music especially is very algorithmic. People who there's artistry to it to be sure, an expression to be sure, but the rules of music, like if I need to write in the style of Chopin, there are things I do to do that. I, you know, my background is I was a composer professionally for the first 45 years of my life. All I did was write music for television full time. And uh, well, I mean, once I was working, 
And, you know, if you said to me, I was a student of styles. If you said this has to sound like Billy Joel, there are rules. Like this has to sound like Beethoven. There are rules and anyone can learn them. This is not, you know, this is, you know, in fact, if you want, you go to shellypalmer.com, there's a, there's a, all the way at the bottom of the footer, there's a music production tag. Cause I don't, it's not what I do now. It's not, but there's a, my Miamix anthology is in styles. So there's a Motown version and there's a country version and there's a classical version. And, you know, you say, well, how, well, it's, it's just, it's just a Miamix song. It's like, right. But each of these styles have rules right. that I know that I was able to use a Beach Boys version. Now, why is that a Beach Boys? It's the same notes. It's the same chords. It's the same everything. But the styles are unmistakably Beach Boys, unmistakably Motown, unmistakably country, unmistakably um, there's a reggae right. version. And you say, well, how is that possible? So it's, it's very algorithmic. You want to say it's artistry. There's an art. I'm not going to say it's not art. It is art, right. but it's algorithmic. So to get to teach an algorithm to do styles like that, is actually not that hard because so, you can teach people to do it. So you can definitely teach a computer to do it. So we're, we are very close to this. Those are the, all the good uses, right? Film production in the Mandalorian that went, you know, Luke at well, the end. The Mandalorian, what they did was they had Mark Hamill act in those scenes, but then they de-aged him yeah. using what John Favreau says on Disney plus he used deep fake technology that you can just get. Like the, the, it wasn't special, special effects. Like this isn't, you know, special Disney, Marvel, Star Wars money here. This right. is like they used regular person special effects and old footage of Mark Hamill. Yeah. And Train look, it, if yeah. you if you put it on a big screen, you can tell it's fake. If you if you stare at it, you can tell it's fake. If there is no such thing as theater of the mind, and you couldn't get caught up in the idea that Luke stinking Skywalker was yeah. on your television screen. Did anybody care about the, the details on how digital he looked? So at the end of the day, tech gets better. Right? If you look at Star Trek, the original series, TOS. Sure. From the 60s. <laughs> I mean, really? You know, I mean, that was that was literally cardboard and, and chewing gum and a few light bulbs with some, you know, colored lenses on top sure. of them. And you, you bought all of it because the stories were so compelling. The, the stories were great. The, the, the plots were in, in, indicative. Look, Richard Donner made you think Christopher Reeve flew. That's right. And by the way, if you're watching Foundation now or, or any of that, I mean, they're spending money on this on the special effects that you, you, you kind of think you're there. I don't think. And by the way, the tools they use in Mando, uh, the volume, which is this incredibly amazing motion control system where the this surround screen, this, this uh, 360 degree cyclorama of LEDs, which is basically a massive display, um, is tied to the camera. And so the shadows move and it reacts to the, the lighting. It, it's, it's the most unbelievable, the most unbelievable uh, tool set. Um, it, it changes everything. The end of the day though, you you said the most important thing, Seth, period, the theater of the mind, because that's where all of this happens. And we're about to go from where we are to this world of metaverses and um, whether you want to think about it in, as a virtual reality, extended reality, augmented reality, or mixed reality, we're going there. We're going there fast. Mark Zuckerberg has been deflecting all of the other attention being paid to him right now, talking about hiring 10,000 workers in Europe to build the metaverse, 
when you look at um, Decentraland, they're, they're going to have a, a multi-day music festival uh, at the end of October. And uh, you've got Axie Infinity, this incredible NFT-based metaverse where people are going and make, like, we, we are there. It's, we, we've been going there since Linden Labs put together Second Life, right? We've been going there, uh, Fortnite and, and Roblox. I mean, there, there are plenty of games where that's happening. The, the question is theater of the mind. Where, where is the photorealism? Where, is the, where does that have to end before you're a full believer? And it would not surprise you to learn that your belief system drives this far more than the tech does, far more than the tech does. Because you will, you'll put up with a lot. In fact, you will ignore uh, the imperfections, not to be political in any way, to prove my point. In May of 2019, somebody took a video of Nancy Pelosi speaking in an interview, and they simply put it in editing software and, and slowed it down. And it made it sound like she was drunk or, or worse. Yeah. And they put it out on the internet and they said Nancy Pelosi was drunk or worse. And uh, there, was a, there was a lot of brouhaha about whether that should be taken down. Like on, you know, should Facebook allow it? Uh, YouTube took down, Facebook didn't. This is purely within the First Amendment. The government can't say a word, political satire, political, you, know, th- you get to say anything you want in this country that we live in. The government's not going to tell you yes or no. Facebook can say yes or no. YouTube can say yes or no. The government can't tell you. This is a protected speech. They made Nancy Pelosi look like uh, she was uh, drunk. And so here's the part that's the important part. There are uh, at least a thousand examples online you can go and find. The people who wanted to believe that the speaker was impaired in some way, when presented with the original went, oh yeah, but she's got Alzheimer's or she like, they, they just passed off the facts as not meaningful, even though they were just shown that the video they had watched was doctored and completely fake. They didn't care because they, they had a belief system that said, she's not the person I want to believe is of sound mind. The people who were supporters of hers were like, oh my goodness, this is terrible. Like they all got up in arms. It should be taken. So they had nothing to do with the technology. Like you're using a little slow motion right? You do that at your kid's birthday party when you blows out the candles or throws the confetti up in the air. That's the same technique you, you would use. We're not going to outlaw video editing software. We're not going to outlaw the uh, plugin that allows you to make slow motion happen. Totally. But look how it was used. And people came to that video with their own belief systems and nothing was going to change minds, not facts. Nothing was going to change minds. And so when you talk about theater of the mind, you talk about, well, I'm, I'm so invested in foundation. I'm so invested in Star Trek. I'm so invested in the Mandalorian. Do you, do, is there a way in the world I wasn't going to think that was Luke Skywalker? Time, time perfect? Like that was him? Like, oh my God, that's Luke. There's no Mark Hamill in my life. There's only Luke. And of course I believed it. And yes, I guess if I scrutinized it in 4K and an 85 inch screen, I go, yeah, okay, they messed with it. I, and I also happen to know Mark Hamill is my age. So there's right, that. Right, right. But I wasn't willing to accept anything other than Luke fully Jedi. Like I, we'd never seen him fully Jedi trained in that time period. I didn't know what to do with myself. It was crazy. I literally didn't know what to do with myself. I was like, oh my they God. kept that a secret in the world of social media. They kept that a secret. Yeah, I know. For year, for year, it took, it yeah, took yeah, them to make yeah, that in a year. Yeah, it's a long, that th- those, those are overproduced in a way that I actually makes me happy. I like the fact that they're single hour contained stories in one respect. We haven't talked about it yet, but I finally, 
after watching Bad Batch, oh. started Clone Wars. Oh, that's great, isn't it? I'm halfway through it. I'm like, how did I how did I miss this? It's I guess because it was a cartoon. I'm like, I'm it was on car- No, no, no. It I'm, wasn't I'm just a cartoon. It was on Cartoon Network. I, I understand. On Cartoon Network, it was mixed with you know Teletubbies and and, and all these different things, and people just it, the it, the same thing happened to Justice League, and Young yeah. Justice, two great animated shows that just got grouped in with all this fluff, and what happened was now that they're on streaming services. You know, they announced this past weekend, if you're listening to this the week that it's released, uh, DC Fandom was this past weekend and they announced a bunch of things. But the things that got the most buzz online weren't the movies. Yeah, it was the stuff on HBO Max. It was Pennyworth is going from epics, which I don't have to HBO Max, which now I have. And and Young Justice, which is a show that was canceled in 2003 that was reborn because of an online petition is now going into season two. The only other animated show that's gotten even close to that kind of fan reaction was Family Guy because Family Guy was canceled and DVD sales shot through the roof. Right. And they brought Family Guy back. Young Justice was all social media. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's actually heartening to me to see fan bases and communities of passion forming around you know good oh, storytelling great and, mean, it's, and, it, and it is good something story. on for everyone if yeah, you don't there. like what shelly watches if you don't like what i watch there's there's tons of things for you the one thing you don't need cable no Just you know stop you know there was this thing uh, two weeks ago three weeks ago where nbc and youtube tv were having a fight and we, you know yeah, you might yeah. lose some local channels so there's a, a couple, my wife and I have been trying to find stuff to watch together. So we, we watched hit and run, uh, which was really uh, the guy from Fauda, you know, did a thing. Sadly, there's not going to be a second season. I just learned. So I was sad because I left a cliff tank cliff hanger ending and I'm like, Oh, this is going to be so exciting. And then I found out there's not going to be a season two. I was like, Ugh. but anyway, she wants to watch a bunch of stuff that's on Hulu, which we don't have um, now for reasons I don't understand. Because I used to have it, I just don't know why it's not on the the apps well, aren't there. When apparently. you did, when you went for a live streaming service, you did YouTube TV. Right. Why would you have Hulu and live? Exactly. If you were going to so, get Hulu, just get Hulu Live, which was our right. our logic was there were more things on Hulu than there were on YouTube. Well, that to your point, what we just did um, on Sunday, what I just did is. I'm in the seven day Hulu plus live trial. I think it's just going to replace from a price perspective. It's a better deal because of Disney and all the other stuff. I am going to think I'm going to replace YouTube TV. And I was, and a, there's a bundle now with Hulu live and Disney plus ESPN plus. I think exactly. Bucks for all three of them. Right. And I'm like, Hmm, wait a minute. YouTube live holds no more romantic. Uh, like it was cheap when it started. It was just like an easy way to get, um, the local channels plus, you know, some cable stuff. But now with all the apps out there, we've already got Discovery Plus. So my wife is an HGTV lover. She likes all those shows. And so she's doing that. Uh, we we have uh, obviously Apple Plus and uh, Apple TV Plus and um, uh, we have HBO Max and we have we have pretty pretty much everything but Hulu. Um, right. I don't think I have, I, we may or may not have stars and Showtime. I don't because I don't know if there's any shows there. Well, my, we my relationship we with Showtime, I have done uh, single months anytime Billions has been on. Right. But I did it through their app. I did it through Hulu. 
I did it through uh, one. Oh, Apple. Yeah. And I, I and I just cancel it. But the finances. And I don't have I don't out. have Showtime, but I'll get it again in January. And yeah, the, the thing about it is in cable, you do it for six month blocks. Right. So the, the logic is, is that if billions is out, see, this is the other thing with bingeable is I don't have to get billions when it premieres. I have to get it when it ends. Right. Because then you just watch all 12 or whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, look, you know, Disney um, with their, you know, dropping the stuff weekly and Apple TV plus uh, we're, we're morning show watchers. I was so sad that Ted Lasso, you know, was the season was done. Um, such a great show. And, and can I can I plug something real quick about Ted sure. Lasso? Yeah, of course. Ted Lasso falls into two different subjects, sports and pop culture. Yeah. So we did last week's episode of the Hall of Justice on Ted Lasso, the great Ralph Garman, formerly of K-Rock. Now he has his own podcast. He joined me to review it. We got into such a sports Premier League conversation, similar to the one that you and I have had that it's this week's feature on sports with friends and I don't cross streams too often. Yeah. No, no. Friends is going to be about Ted Lasso as well. It's such a great show. I, you you had the suggestion that, that there has to Richmond has to get added to the, you know, has to get added to to the video game. Put AFC Richmond on FIFA 22. You can either play them as AFC Richmond or you can play against them either way. Ham yeah, it up, it. make it, you would sell like hotcakes. You think I, FIFA I, yeah, yeah. is global. FIFA is global. Bake yeah. it. You want the U.S. to fall in love with it? There you go. Yeah. I, I, look, I, I love that show. I don't know why, by the way. I, there's nothing about it that I can tell you that I, that I just love the show. How about Foundation? Are you, are, are you watching no. it? No, I'm in, uh, I'm in For All Mankind. Interesting. For all mankind has gripped me. Um, what it is is it's it's that alternative history. So it's like the man in the high castle. Yeah, yeah. Um, this one is the Soviets land on the moon first. Yeah. And what happens? And I am fascinated with it. And there's a lot of personal stories there. There's a lot of tragedy. There's a lot of stuff that happens. And there's one space tragedy that is like remember Arrival. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Or gravity, Gra- gravity, like just the sheer enormity of the whole thing. But yeah, it's not outer space every minute. Like it's a lot of stuff on Earth. It's it's so good. Foundation is really fascinating. You know, this is the second Asimov based series that has yeah. nothing to do with the Asimov stories at all. It's like other than the character names, it's like, wow, uh, you took some liberties here, folks. I Robot mm-hmm. was like that was a short story, obviously, but it was turned into this crazy Will Lee movie, although uh willie will uh will smith movie but willie's the bass player will smith is the actor um the uh though there is a great there is one of my favorite ai moments of all time happens in irobot um with the main character and the movie is awful but I, i i love this one scene so much um the main character robot is this robot sunny which is this special robot and you know will smith has got a robotic arm and so he's got some personal thing anyway they're having this the classic argument which is you know what can ai do ai is and so will smith character i think it's detective spooner uh, is the character name starts up with and i'm paraphrasing you know can uh, can a robot you know paint a picture like picasso write a sonnet like shakespeare write a you know symphony like 
Beethoven and the robot lets him rant for, you know, however long he goes on on this line of thought. And then the robot looks up at him and goes, can you detective Spooner? I'm like, yeah, most people are not Beethoven folks. Most people are not Picasso. Let's get serious. 90% of the stuff we need to do. And that's really the story for today's episode, right? 90% of the stuff you need to do, right? You, you don't need to be Picasso to do. And right now, if you had an idea that Tom Cruise would, would promote your pizza parlor that you own, right. you're 10 seconds away from being able to put him in your ad in a convincing way. And while we will see some That's licensing crazy. and policing, you're not going to be able to police all of that. That is an uncontrollable amount of creative freedom that is getting unleashed on normal human beings through their smartphones. But I just I, think of, of older stars, you know, Clint Eastwood. If Clint Eastwood wants to be a badass again, it is not incredibly difficult for him to be his younger self again. Even the technology that they use for that movie on Netflix, The Irishman, with Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci yep. getting de-aged, you could do that more and more and more and more. And I think about musicians who, because of physical limitations, can't tour as much as they can. Look at what ABBA's doing. They hate each other. They don't even want to be in the same room with each other. And they're touring <laughs> because of technology. Yeah, there are, there are a lot of things that uh, will... What podcast can you hear about Star Wars and ABBA in the same conversation? Seriously. The thing is, though, Seth, one of the, one of the most interesting things about music videos and concert streams and music online is that it's not scarce right going to a concert is an experience uh, with your friends for sure and very a very important uh experience and very formative but exposure to the musicians used to only be through the albums and the concerts you know, the live events there's there was just no there just was no other way to get to them. Now, every artist is goes out of their way to learn to make themselves accessible to you and to make their art accessible to you, which actually makes it less special because it's at, it's ubiquitous. Like I don't, if I'm a Billie Eilish fan, I have no trouble getting all the Billie Eilish I could ever possibly need ever, ever, ever. Adele just dropped a new album and everybody like, okay, ordinarily you need to run out and get out to run out and do anything. I'm, I'm going to be barraged with every single aspect of that. The songs will show up on whatever streaming service I'm using at the time. And, uh, right. you know, and whether it's Spotify or a third of a penny, whatever and, it is. And, and at the end of the, get, that's what gets gross. But there's no scarcity. Right. So it's when you start talking about, OK, now I'm going to add deep fakes to this where I'm going to add some trickery to allow certain things to occur in in one respect. That's fascinating. But the first person who does it, it'll be like a Prince concert or it'll be like a Michael Jackson thriller. Like, oh, wow, this is the new benchmark when everybody does it. It's just going to be commoditized, you know trickery that every it's going to be the same as green screen like you know when when mary poppins shows up the original movie in the 60s and dick van dyke is is, is dancing with the penguins and this is like an incredible feat of disney magic right. i mean he's interacting and and you talk about theater of the mind that stuff looks like it was done with stone axes and bearskins it's so charming and so wonderful to watch it. I watched it with my granddaughters a couple of years ago, and I was actually stunned at how well it's, it held up considering the, the primitive nature of the tech. When it came out, it was the people were just 
they were mesmerized. They didn't know what to do. Now, come on, you do that in your smartphone. You do that on TikTok all day long. Like you're, that's what people do all day long. So it's commoditized to the point where it no longer seems to matter. And then you know what's going to happen, Seth? You know the only thing that's going to matter ever, no matter what? The quality of the story. Right. going to always fall back to how good a story are you telling? Because the tools to tell stories are going to get better every single day. Theater of the mind. Can you capture my imagination with your story? It's always been that way. People get confused and they get caught up in the tech. It's like, what's that great line from Star Wars uh, when they're talking about the Death Star and the eye goes, don't be too impressed with this, you know, Marvel you've created. And uh, right. you know, it was Darth Vader says, it's nothing compared to the power of the force. And then, you know, your ancient religion and Darth Vader goes, no, baby, <laughs> my story is the story. Your Death Star is transitory. You know, my belief system is forever. The storytelling is forever. The Death Star of gets course. usurped by the mega Death Star, but, but the storytelling lasts. But that's the, the, the beauty of it. And, you know, when you reference the 60s and the 70s, you had to uh, create illusions to do it. Right. With- however you could and now the technology makes it so so everything that is gorgeous to look at isn't always great no because it weakens it weakens the description right it weakens it weakens your participation in many ways because once you get over the shock and awe of like wow i'm in the 24th century and it looks like the 24th century or what i what i a bad movie is a bad movie that but it's a story right right the suicide squad is is a a technological marvel that sucked like it it, it, you can't make it good and there are people who fall in i want to wrap with this uh by making shelly palmer laugh um you referenced when we were talking about the deep fake possibilities teaching an algorithm to voice your answering machine because that's where your brain went and that's well, and then you changed it you caught yourself you said voicemail i I said answering and then i went to voicemail because I i know and it reminds me of my absolute favorite editing story from pre-tech and these are two friends of mine zach and craig they i graduated with them and they were working in las vegas and they shared an apartment and they were in the media and they were covering a big fight and they met tyra banks pre america's next top model so tyra banks was this hot supermodel and they got her on a tape recorder to voice her their answering machine. And she says, <laughs> hi, this is Tyra Banks. Zach and Craig can't get to the phone, but I'll get them the message as soon as they get home. Like she says it really, really like she really got into it. Zach moved. And Craig didn't want to lose Tyra Banks off the answering machine. So he got a razor blade. And sliced out <laughs> Zach. <laughs> so it says, hi, this is Tyra Banks and Greg can't get to the phone. <laughs> and when I think about Adobe Audition and I think about how we can edit a word in this podcast and I think about what you would do with technology, I would want Tyra Banks to recreate it and literally make that noise like the, the, like the razor blade edit. So the reason I went to answering machine do you know the name Mel Blank? Yeah, oh, of course, Porky Pig. He did all of those characters, all the Warner characters. Um, we talked about the production music area where, where Meow Mix lives. Uh-huh. There is, a, there is a, a piece of music there for Six Flags Great Adventure called What the World Will Be. And I, was pri- I wrote this song 
It's an original piece that I wrote for a commercial for Six Flags Great Adventure. And at the time they'd made a deal uh, to use all of the characters. And I got the opportunity of a lifetime, oh, wow. which is to go out to Los Angeles and direct Mel Brooks singing Mel in character voices, all of the characters, Bugs Bunny, Porky yep. Pig, Foghorn Leghorn, all of them, That's the awesome. song I wrote for this commercial. what the world should be it's a place where everyone's a family come along take a ride happiness is on your farm yes, at six flags smiles grow naturally i say pay attention son it's a place where i can love the world and know the world loves me where the sun shines just for fun tomorrow's all make Mel Blanc, it was very old at the time. His son was getting ready to take over. He was, he was, but he wanted to do this. And he was the most gracious human being I've ever met, ever in the business. At the end of the session, two things happened. And when I called him, at the time I had an answering machine, that's how long ago it was, yeah, I yeah. called him to make the appointment to go see him. Uh, he called me back to learn. He wanted to learn, he wanted the music. He didn't read music, but he wanted me to send him the recording so and all the parts so he could learn the song. Yeah, yeah. This guy had ears that were unbelievable. He left me an answering machine message that I still have to this day where he no starts talking in, in characters, um, making fun of a lot of things and doing a uh, Porky Pig speaking with a Yiddish accent talking to me. Um, and then when I was there, I, I mentioned it to him and he said, you have an answering machine. I, I left you a message. He goes, let me do something for you. And right there into the microphone, he, go, he does as Porky Pig um my my answering machine message <laughs> you know he's not home it, it is the singularly funniest thing ever oh. and and i have it somewhere that's when you when we were talking about actors doing that what i would give to have right. i mean mel was such a treasure and this thing was such a treasured thing of mine and it, it too was on a cassette somewhere but i do actually have a digital recording of it and i i can if we can find it we'll play it if not but that's why my my mind went to answering machine it's i obviously oh don't have answering God, machines in my life amazing. but that one moment you know there are things that stick with you your entire professional career this man it's impossible to describe the talent of mel blank it, it, uh, Oh, un, unlike icon. anything I ever worked with, ever. He's and switching from voice to voice to voice. And the only one he couldn't do live, Porky Pig had a, had a tape speed trick. They slowed the tape down a little bit to get the pitch up. Right. So that's the only thing that we had to do with a trick was to slow the tape down sure. so he could do the Porky Pig in, in time. But all the other voices, Seth, he did live, uh, like, in, boom, Bugs, but the whole thing, oh my, and the Bugs Bunny with the carrot. If you listen to that piece, Anyway, that's that's my little professional look back. I never look back, but that's one of those really, you know, geez, gotta gotta just give him credit where credits due. May he rest in peace. What a treasure. What a what a great story. And if you have that, but I will I will see if I can find the answering machine message. Which will... All right, where can you find a podcast that goes from the Mandalorian to Tom Cruise to Mel Blanc, all in one topic? Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. That's Shelley Palmer. I'm Seth Everett. We'll see you next week. Oh,